Well, hey there, Soma Church. Thank you for joining us on this podcast episode that's connected to our teaching series on prayer. My name is Bobby Barber, and I'm one of the pastors at Soma Northwest. And during our teaching series, we have been simply defining prayer as communicating and conversing with God. And the purpose of this podcast episode is to give you an opportunity to hear from other people at Soma Church and about what the practice of prayer has meant in their lives. And I'm really excited to be joined here with uh, by Tony and Tamise Cross. They are members of Soma Church, and Tamise is our worship director mm-hmm. at Soma Northwest. So guys, thanks for coming in, and uh, really looking forward to talking to you all and hearing about your journey mm-hmm. in prayer and with prayer. And so let's just start there. Can you tell us uh, what it's looked like for you to learn how to pray over the course of your relationship with Jesus. Okay. Uh, well, first of all, Bobby, thank you for having us on today. Um, for me, um, my journey was, uh, for dealing with prayer, it was more so starting off, it was more so like prayer was a secondary thing. I want to see how I can fix it. You know, I'm a logical thinker, and so I go into the situation where it may seem Challenging. I'm trying to figure out, okay, what did I do wrong? Oh, I can do this. What if I tweak that? This, that, and the third. And I come to realize that none of that stuff really worked. It doesn't. And so I had to put into practice a prayer um, and actually allowing God to uh, transform things on his end because he is the chief. He knows what's going on. He's beginning and the end. And so as I focus more so on, you know what, I'm going to handle things in my control. And one thing that I can control is prayer so I can communicate with my father. And I have found out throughout the years that prayer actually works, that God does, knows my needs, and he does come and perfect me in the process. Yep. And for me, um, I have to say learning about prayer came from my mother just growing up um, in a Christian household, my mom was a very firm believer in prayer. Um, one of the most impactful stories is when I was in a coma um, when I was 18 years old, and my mom said she prayed over me night and day. She put a Bible underneath my pillow, and all she found herself doing was praying. She couldn't have any other conversation with anybody. That's all she did. Um, and so it's through that um even me waking up I grew up in Chicago so the hospital that I was in was right off of Lakeshore Drive and um I woke up and I looked at the lake and um I looked at how far it was um and at that time I was a believer I was active in youth ministry um I had just turned 18 years old I didn't celebrate that birthday um I just woke up to see balloons all around my bed And all I could do was just recall everything that was told to me about, you know, how much prayer was put into me, you know, being in that in that situation. And um, it just impacted me like, wow, like it was actually by prayer that, you know, like I'm still here. So from there, um, I had just been practicing it, just learning from my mom. Um, And I remember when I was in college um, my freshman year. And um, I don't know about anybody else in their freshman year in college, but for me, um, I kind of 
diverted from my <laughs> my faith. <laughs> I didn't kind of divert. I totally like lived contrary to how I was raised. Um, and I remember my mom called me when I was in my dorm, and she said to me, "I don't care how much partying you do." I don't care how much drinking you drink. Um, she was like, never stop praying. Always pray because your relationship with God is more important than anything else you can get into. And that stuck in me. Like, it was just no matter what, pray. Um, it could have been careless and everything. But throughout the years, when I began to learn more about my Christian faith um, and took it more seriously as far as being a follower of um, Christ, and his word says so much about prayer. Um, I just started, just the more I studied his word, the more I started learning to pray what he was saying. And so if there's anything I didn't understand about his word, um, I know that Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call out to me and I will show you great and mighty things, things that you don't already know. That unlocks something to me because if I keep calling out to you, you're going to show me. Um, and even looking up what the words mean outside of the English language, if it says ask and it shall be given, the word ask means to keep on asking. So that means I don't have to talk to him the same way I would address my parents back in the day, like I'm asking. And he said no, so then I'm not going to ask anymore. So I was like, well, shoot, God, your word said keep on asking. So that's why I'm here. I'm asking. I'm, you know, I'm seeking. I'm doing what your word says. So in that, it was me talking to him. And then the more I grew to learn that in me talking, I could just sit back and listen sometimes. So through that, I've, I've developed learning how to talk and listen. Um, and so that's helped in my prayer life. Yeah. One of the things that I think uh, probably for a lot of people who are listening to this, um, prayer can be a struggle. Uh, mm -hmm. Prayer is difficult. Uh, there's a lot of obstacles. And then I'm sure some of those same people are also parents. Mm -hmm. And so they are at the same time wrestling while they're wrestling with their own practice of prayer, mm -hmm. they're trying to teach their kids how to pray as well. And you have a son, Jair, mm -hmm. and what does that look like for you all as parents just to teach him how to pray and what it means to communicate with God? What What's that journey been like? And do you have any tips for parents that okay. are thinking about that? Yeah, I guess I, um, I remember when Jair was three years old, um, yeah, it was about three years old when I started taking my my Christian faith, when I just started taking it seriously. And, um, you know, just through his toddler years, the most challenging years for me. <laughs> <laughs> for every parent, I'm sure. Man, and it was just like, how am I going to teach him? How, I'm gonna, how am I going to teach him? And one thing that I learned through that is he's going to mimic what he sees. So if we continue to practice what we're supposed to practice in front of him, and if Deuteronomy 6 says to teach them um, to obey him, then I have to start now. And just like I said, through my learning, if, they, if um, the Jewish people used to teach their children from the ages of one to five, 
how to quote some scriptures like word for word. That was nothing to me for me to teach my son the same thing. So he would watch me pray. I mean, read the scripture. And when he see me reading the scripture, I started teaching him to sit down and read something as well. Now, when he was younger, it wasn't scripture, but it was probably a storybook or a children's book or something. And just having him look at it and just taking that time out. And then when I get I used to get up and walk around my house and pray with the scripture, just pray through the scripture. So I'll read one verse. And if it's something I didn't understand in that verse, I prayed about it like. I'm reading this verse to you, Lord. I don't understand what you like to count it all joy. I don't understand what you mean when you say count it all joy. When I go through different trials, I don't know what that looks like, but I'm just asking you to show me. And I just, you know, and him seeing that, same thing. So it's like anything that he had to ask me, I'd be like, you know, direct him to let's ask the Lord. Like just helping him to understand. So there's this one book called uh, Big Truths for Little Hearts. I can't remember who the author is. But I remember him saying what he said that changed how I was parenting him. And he was saying not to raise our children to be more fearful of us than they are fearful of God. And to let them know that we're leading them to God just like we're following after God, too. So, like, if there's anything that he would do to disappoint me or anything like that, it's like that's between, you know, I'm disappointed, but... Then that's when I will show him this is also disappointing between the Lord, too. So we got to pray about our heart. We have to pray about the condition of our heart. And so if right now with him being 12 years old, that's something that's really sincere for him, praying for his own heart. Like when he does wrong, like he's always like, man, I, I need to pray for my own heart. And it's been cool to see that practice through the year become a discipline for him now. I would say to add on to what Tamisa's saying about laying, she told you all about the foundation that was laid with your, with our child, uh, Jair. I want to say, I want to add on to that, that prayer is a ongoing thing. It, that prayer is something we must practice daily, and not only just when we eat, sit down as a family, um, not only before sports, uh, but this is an ongoing thing, especially when we deal with adversity. And so as that groundwork was laid for Jair, um, even though he was younger, now we go into middle school. He is 12. And middle school for Jair has been very, very challenging uh, to the point to where uh, he was getting bullied a lot at school. And so me as being a father, uh, as being a parent, I know other parents want their child to be protected and want to protect them by all costs, by all means, because that is your child. You don't want no harm to come to him. And so when they are faced with adversity, you just want to step in and, and protect them. But sometimes, you know, you're not going to be there always. So you want to make sure that you teach your child how to endure when you are faced with adversity. And the main weapon that we can use is prayer. And so while Jair was being bullied and being challenged with uh, other students in class, um, I had uh, he had got to a point where he had gotten very frustrated to the point that he did not even want to go to school anymore. And so um, we continued to pray with him, and we continued to meet with the administration of the school. And um, some days it was very, very hard for him to continue to go back to the classroom, continue to, uh, to meet new friends because people were being mean to him and stuff like that. And so what we will always tell Jair is, Jair, you have to pray. 
Um, they don't understand what they're doing. They are kids themselves. They are growing. And at that time, he did not understand that, like, I want this thing to stop. And for the most part, it didn't stop at that moment. We just have to continue to pray because prayer is an ongoing thing. It's a thing that we must practice. Um, but as we continue to go on through the school year, uh, after we talk to administration, administration about changing the class and as we continue to pray some more, I'm here to tell you that um, Jair is in a point in his life to where he did see change, to where not only did they switch him out of his classroom, um, but he is having one of the most um, happiest time at being in school. We haven't had any issues with classmates, we hadn't had any issues with, with teachers. Uh, Tamish gave me a, a report that, man, Jair is doing so well. His grades are up. His um, how he interact with the teachers and the students is it's good. I, and every time he come home, I ask him, how was your day? And there are no issues. And I want to say that it had to be from us practicing prayer and actually knowing that prayer actually changes things in real time. Now, are we patient enough to endure? That's something we have to pray about. Uh, be patient because God knows what he's doing and how we communicate with God in order to know that we will be okay. It's always going to be through prayer. And you raise a good point there, Tony, and I think that's something that is really necessary as we're talking about these spiritual practices, and, and especially with prayer, that it's not practiced in a vacuum apart from real life. Mm-hmm. You know, all of these these practices are means that God in His grace has, has given us to know Him in the course of our everyday life. Mm-hmm. Right? And that means that we don't just practice these things when life is good. Right. It also means that there are times in our lives where we do have a choice and we do have an opportunity to say, yes, I'm going to continue to persevere in the practice of prayer. And so I wanted to ask you guys, when has it been difficult in your life to pray? And are there some specific <laughs> prayers even that you don't want to pray? And that have been really hard for you to pray to the Lord. Yeah. I, I go, go first. <laughs> I would say those challenging moments would be my interactions with my wife. I'm going to say that. Real talk. Real talk. Real talk. Real talk. Real talk. Yeah, 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 I know. I know. I know. Real talk. Yeah, like when, when we get into a uh, conference, well, a little, little moment. A heated, a a heated, heated moment. A, a heated moment. <laughs> I'm not trying to pray. I'm trying to prove my point, and I'm right, and you wrong, and you need to fix you, you know. And so that's be the whole thing. And when I be hearing, you know, uh, the spirit say, "Man, you need to go ahead and just pray. Hey, let it be." I mean, I don't want, I don't want to pray. I want her to change right here and right now. And so when I get off that high horse and I begin to start praying uh, for our situation, uh, for my wife. You know what I received back from him on what I need to change about me. And I found out that once I got that on what I need to change about me, I found that my wife started to change too. And then what will happen is as I'm praying about a situation and actually listening to what God is saying, I see a change not only in myself, but I see a change within my wife. Mm 
And that as that increases, sometimes when we get into our little heated discussions and when we pray, I started to feel, all right, now, why are we going through this? Is it the fact that I'm not taking in on how my spouse feels? And so through prayer, God shows me, hey, the reason why she feels this way is because she's going through this. And so when I take in that and God showed me that through prayer, I can see in my I can, I can go back and tell my wife, you know what? I'm sorry. I didn't know that I was acting this way. And so that may have triggered this. You know, and so with, with prayer, uh, that would actually like help me. Not, um, not only understand what I'm doing, but it also help me understand my wife and how she may be receiving me or going through different situations, too. So. Yeah. That's dope, Tony. <laughs> I was just going to say, I mean, that was the same thing for me, too, um, with, uh, with Tony, just relating, I mean, in my marriage. Um, and if our marriage is supposed to look like or, you know, emulate our relationship with Christ, it's like, dang, what's wrong? Like, something is wrong, you know? And a lot of it was because my prayer life was not up up to par. It was like what he was saying, like, not being patient enough to continue in praying in order to see things. So in the beginning of my Christian journey, well, I, I still kind of think I'm a beginner in this Christian walk. But still, like, <laughs> for real, like, when I was really trying to get this thing down packed, the word says, don't lean on your own understanding. Mm -hmm. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he'll direct your path. That's right. Well, acknowledging him is praying. Um, and we can't pray outside of the word. Like, if we don't read the word, then we really don't know what to pray. Other than that, we trying to make our Christian journey adapt to our life instead of us learning how to adapt to this Christian journey. And the way to do that is through prayer, through conversation through talking and through listening and so like it's exactly what tc was saying when i found myself praying to god it's exactly that like he ended up showing me me you know like and i learned that too in this book i read the power of a praying wife because i had to i had to live by that book for a minute and um <laughs> she was just like start looking at your spouse like a brother or a sister in Christ, you know, or, you know, so that's my brother in Christ. So instead of going to God, like he needs to do this and he needs to do that. It's like, Lord, help my brother in Christ, but also help me, you know, to love him as my brother in Christ, even when I don't agree with him and all this. So in that, I have to say that has helped our friendship a whole lot. And so it's almost like here we are believers, right? So if you looked at a, a um, remote control or something the remote we're the believer but the battery is the prayer and like the juice in it is the word you know so it's like it's helping us be able to navigate through different stuff because we stay we continue to pray um so that's been like my breath that's like I can't I, I literally can't live without it and it's just be, like I grew up in a mental you know with people in my family who have mental illness so if my mind, the only way for my mind to be straight and for me to line up with the word of God, I got to pray through. I got to pray for myself, you know. <laughs> so that's that's where it is. Yeah, I, I find a lot of comfort when I read the Psalms mm -hmm. because I read the words that I'm scared to pray. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I read the words that I don't know 
if I'm allowed to pray. Yeah. Um, and I read these things that are being spoken to the Lord, these frustrations, um, the doubts, the questions, um, the words that are filled with anger, the words that are fill, filled with fear sometimes. And I look at that and I'm like, man, I, I want my life to be easy. I want my walk with Jesus to be as smooth as possible. But then I wake up in the morning and 10 minutes after I wake up, I get hit in the face with the fact that this day is not going to be easy. And the people in my life are, are sinful and I am sinful. Mm -hmm. And so you're right. You know, those times where we want to work it out on our own and we don't want to be patient we have to remind ourselves that prayer is the second word because mm-hmm. God's already spoken to us. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we need to slow our roll and listen to him yeah. right. so we can know what he's saying in the different situations and relationships. To me, I want to ask you about something. I know that you have a personal prayer ministry, mm-hmm. kind of an informal prayer line where people in your relational network will call you and you will spend time praying with them. Can you just tell us how did that get started? And what are some of the things that you've seen God do through that? So yeah, throughout me investing my time in prayer, um, I've connected with a lot of people who um, would express that they want prayer. And, um, and I would enter in and just pray with them. I'm not giving any advice or nothing. I'm coming just as empty as that person is like, you know, Lord, I trust that you could do it or whatever. So it just had my time it had just gotten really consumed with just constantly praying for different individuals. So I was like, well, they have the free conference call line. And, um, and I've not, I've been a part of different ministries that has had prayer lines on the conference call. So I just told my friends, look, I'm about to start up a conference call. Um, you all say that you want to pray early in the morning. I mean, cause like I was getting up at five o'clock in the morning with some people, five, five thirty, six o'clock. And it was just like, shoot, I'm up from five to seven praying for people. And it's like, nah, that's too much work. You're like, nah, we need, I need, people need to know, like, it's not my prayers. It's their prayers, too. It's all of our prayers that can connect with God. And if we continue to agree with one another, then we can see just stand in expectation and in hope that it'll come to pass. So um, it's, 10, it's 10 of my friends that I had connected with. Um, and gave them the number for them to call in at 6 o'clock in the morning. So at 6 o'clock in the morning, um, everybody n- normally knows to call in, press mute. I play a song, you know, to give some of the late late people time to get on. So maybe about 6.07, between 6.07 and 6.09. My sister and I, we run the prayer line together. She'll open up with a scripture, and she'll just go straight into prayer. And then we'll invite other people to pray if they want to pray and we ask nobody to preach. Don't preach. Don't give a word. Don't give encouragement. Don't give a testimony. Just pray. Intercede, like, whatever it is. And it's beautiful prayers, like prayers that br- get brought to your attention about things that's going on overseas and different, like, don't say nothing else. Just talk to God. And it's been cool because out of that, it's more people who've been coming on the line that I don't even know. So at the end of the, you know, the conference call, I get a spreadsheet that shows me phone numbers of people who call in, but not all the time do I know who those people are. So there's just people that's coming in, praying, and getting off. And so we spend 30 to 45 minutes in prayer Monday through Friday from 6 o'clock, yeah, 6 o'clock 
We were done about 6.35. The latest we stayed was 6.47. That was a good prayer day, though. <laughs> but it's just, yeah, people, um, and I don't, we don't take prayer requests or nothing. We just leave it open. And it's been beautiful to see people's heart change, people starting to open up, people who were never comfortable with praying in front of people. They, they have no idea who's on the phone. So now they're praying willingly because they're seeing, you know, it take effect in their life. So, it's been going on since September, um, and I just continue to do it because I meet so many people who say they don't have a consistent prayer life, which is cool. You don't have to have a consistent prayer life to call in. Just call in. Eventually, you know, you'll probably feel led to, you know, let me just say one sentence, and your sentence turn into five minutes, you know, and you found yourself praying for five minutes. That's a big deal for a lot of people who don't really know how to spend time in silence and pray like that. Yeah, and I'm sure that some people listening to this are in that same boat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People that say, I want to pray. Mm-hmm. I want to learn how to pray. I want to learn to be in relationship with God in a more intimate way where I'm aware of his presence, where I know that I can just talk to him, where I can listen to him mm-hmm. as well. But those same people are probably discouraged, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe disappointed. Uh, maybe discouraged because they don't know the words to say, disappointed because maybe they don't see the answers um, that they want to see through prayer. So, Tony, let me just start with you. As you think about you know someone like that, mm-hmm. how would you encourage them to begin to grow in the practice of prayer? Well, the first thing is I have to start off with giving the word. And in Matthew eleven twenty eight, it says, Come to me, all who labor and who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And so with practicing that, if you are in a situation where um, you're having that adversity in life, you don't have that understanding, um, God understands. And I would tell the individual just to talk to God. Come to him as you are. He will meet you right where you are. And he will. And as you you begin to converse with him, he will tell you how you are and what you need and and how he's going to bring you through. So. Uh, that's what I. That's why I'm encouraged him. Let's go to him. He already knows. They go to him. Talk to him, and I. I, I know that he'll give you rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, just to piggyback off of Tony, Second Corinthians ten, I believe three, three through five, but three says that though we are human, we do not wage war as humans do, and so that's a that's a big thing to really consider as a Christian. Because a lot of Christians that I've met through the years, would, their default would be like, well, I'm, I'm just human. And they'll just hang up on that, you know. So that means that I could respond anyway. I could do anything because God knows I'm human, you know. But that word says we don't, we don't wage war like humans do. Like we don't argue like humans. Like we, our practice is completely different. And then it goes on to tell us that with the pulling down of strongholds and, you know, Um, praying in the spirit and just different things like that so it's like when we get to the point of knowing that all of our human efforts is like (laughs) nothing compared to what God is able to do Mm -hmm. um, then that's how we can be encouraged to continue to pray and a lot of times we want to see immediate results so it's intimidating when we prayed about something for a week or we prayed about something for a month, or, you know, we may have even prayed off and on for a year. I can't say consistently for a year, but maybe good off and on for a year. But there are so many stories in the Bible where it talks about these people have prayed for years, 
and they continued to pray and they received their result. Now, it doesn't tell us the emotion they went through or anything like that, but it just shows us that no matter how big, no matter how small, even Matthew 6, like, don't even come to me with all your fancy words. Like, you don't, your fancy words don't move God. Just the heart, just your mustard seed of faith, basically. You know, mm-hmm. start out small, but when you begin to experience the relief and the comfort, you know, it's all about experience. Like, if you practice and just start experiencing the benefit of prayer, then you will be encouraged to keep on praying. You won't want to stop because you would want to continue to experience the presence of the Lord with you. You know, even when that blow come early in the morning, like as a testimony to that, I came from off of vacation this morning. My blow was my battery didn't start up. So instead of going to, dang, if it ain't one thing, it's another, or going into, man, when it rains, it pours, but going to, God, you know what this is all about. Help me. That's it. And it's like when you just start, continue to meditate that, circulate that through your mind, just those simple words, you feel your help, you know, and then it's just like you, you are encouraged just to continue to keep on doing it. I was telling some people last night that when you read the pages of scripture, you see some things very clearly that prayer moves God, Mm -hmm. that prayer changes us and that prayer changes the world. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how that happens. (laughs) I don't know how God chooses to do that, Mm -hmm. but the scriptures tell us that Mm -hmm. very clearly. That's right. Tony and Tamise, thanks so much for giving us a glimpse into your life and how the practice of prayer has uh, affected you and how it's drawn you closer to the Lord and closer to other people. Uh, Soma Church, I hope that this has been encouraging to you, and and I want to encourage you that uh, we have resources on prayer on our website, somaindy.com. You can click the series tab up at the top of the page, and that'll uh, take you to our spiritual formation series, uh, which will take you into prayer, and we have some different prayer guides there. We have a couple of different podcast episodes. We're just trying to do whatever we can to help you grow in the practice of of prayer, and so we hope that this podcast and uh, the story of Tony and Tamise and their practice of prayer has done that. So, until next time, we'll see you, Soma Church.